and welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas across the state. You can also check out hitthatline.com to stream us live, as well as get some other great Razorback content. We're going to answer some of your Twitter questions today. We're also going to be joined by Adam Sparks of the Tennessean to do a little preview of Arkansas versus Vanderbilt coming up this weekend. And of course, we'll close up shop like we always do. But before we get into that, folks, you know we all love college football. I love college football. You love college football. College football is king. There is nothing better than college football. But college football isn't that much fun if you can't watch it. And the best way to watch the games, of course, is with Sling TV. $30 a month. You get ESPN networks as well as the Pac-12 networks, the SEC, and more. You can also stream them on your big screen and on your favorite mobile devices. And it also gives you the TV that you love with no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. There's an exclusive offer for all of you Locked On listeners. Just go to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on, and you get a seven-day free trial. You can try it out. Let me know what you think. I promise you won't be disappointed. It's a great deal. You got to get hooked up there with Sling. TV. Again, that is sling.com slash locked on. Before we are joined by Adam Sparks of the Tennessee, and there's a few questions or a couple questions, I should say, of uh, some of you asked me on Twitter that you wanted me to answer. So I'll go ahead and knock those out of the park before we get to it. This one comes from Wally. He says, do fans need to step up their game and help pull program up? Nebraska, for example, has also been mediocre the last several years and struggled this year, yet don't have the attendance problem we have. How can we claim to be a good fan base if we only support the team in good times? Well, Wally, I think there's a lot. I'm not making excuses for the fans, but there are a lot of reasons why you've seen attendance numbers dip the way they have. I think the lack of excitement for sure has been it. The lack of winning for sure has been it. But also rolling in there with the fact that you have a bunch of 11 a.m. games in Fayetteville. Nobody really wants to wake up for that. And people are going to bring up, oh, well, War Memorial, they had 50,000 people there. And it was a night game against Ole Miss in the rain. They showed up, yeah, because it was a night game against Ole Miss in a game that they desperately wanted and the first game that they actually felt like they would win. And that does make a difference. So it was kudos to the Little Rock fan base for getting out there. But still, it's just... All of that, plus the fact that college football itself and attendance numbers has been dwindling over the past few years, it all goes hand in hand. It just hasn't been good from beginning to end, and it doesn't look like it's getting any better. But how you get the team back in is winning. I don't blame fans at all for not wanting to spend hundreds of dollars, sometimes close to thousands of dollars, depending on if you have to travel up, stay the night for a game, go to said game at 11 a.m. where you can't really enjoy your tailgate, and then watch the team lose or not be very enjoying the game very much and watching them play and then go home that night. It's just, it's not a very appeasing thing for fans to do. Again, I'm not making excuses. If you're a good fan base, you should show up to the games no matter what. But you got to remember who you're dealing with and you got to remember the cost of some of this stuff is, is not easy. And a lot of the fans that travel don't have that luxury. So this may be if some people I'm sure are going to start tweeting in. Well, see, so that's why you have the Litter Rock game. No, I don't think that's why you should have the Litter Rock game. But these are all factors. If the team wins, newsflash, people will show up. 
when the team's good, people will show up regardless. It's just how it is. It's how it is in any sport because I guarantee you if the basketball team this season is really bad and they start the season out, I don't know, 2-8, and eight, then guess what? You're probably not going to see a lot of people there at Bud Walton Arena. Now, is that going to be on the fans for them not showing up or is it going to be on the team for not being successful? I think you got to put it more on the team for not being successful. Again, not making excuses, not saying it's right one way or the other, but look at it in the perspective of what's going on in college football. Look at it in the perspective of what's going on with this particular program, and you'll understand why the attendance is down. Once the team wins, the attendance will be there. I don't see consider that fa- fair-weather fans that do that. I consider that fans that want to see some sort of product on the field, and when it's not there, they don't want to spend their money or time on it. Why would, why would you? Why would you spend your entire Saturday and a lot of your money to go see a subpar product on anything? Like, imagine if there was just a movie theater, one movie theater in the state of Arkansas, and it was in northwest Arkansas, and you had a movie that was playing there that you were curious about seeing, that you had been wanting to see for a while, but then all the reviews come out, and it's horrible. It's one of the worst movies of all time. Do you want to spend all your money and all your time to go up to Fayetteville to stay the night, to purchase tickets, to do all of that, to spend your entire Saturday for a product that's going to be crap? No, you probably will find some other way to do it. You'll probably wait for it to come out on (laughs) direct TV or whatever, which I guess in this case would be you'll just wait for it until you watch it on television. So I get it. I get all the aspects. I get all the perspectives, but that's really just what how I see it. Jordan also asks, seems like the LSU game is close every year, but they really seem good this year, and we seem especially bad. Do you think this year we have any chance? Not a chance to win. Um, LSU is really good, but the game will be cl- – I think the game has potential to be close. If the game is at a 6 p.m. kick, which is what everyone is hoping for, and Arkansas beats Vanderbilt this weekend – and LSU's coming off of that game against Alabama, which if they win or lose, doesn't really matter. But with all those things going hand in hand, it could make for a pretty great atmosphere. In fact, the best atmosphere you'll see all season. And with that being said, too, that can add into the element. You never know with these two teams. Arkansas, for some reason, has been able to be close against LSU, sometimes even beaten LSU for no reason whatsoever. They had no business being in the game but yet they still found a way to win. I can't explain it, or at least in a way that I think makes sense, but that's what they've been able to do. So this year's LSU game, I think, has a chance to be close again, and I think that it'll be exciting for a lot of Razorback fans to watch. And if it ends up being a great game, then I don't think it'll be a shocker. In fact, you'll be motivated, and you'll be feeling good about Arkansas's chances in the next two games against Mississippi State and Missouri. But as of right now, I don't give them a chance to win. It can be close. But if you're a Razorback fan, let's get through Vanderbilt first. Let's get heading to the bye week on a two-game winning streak. Then that LSU game can open up something, and maybe, just maybe, if you're Arkansas, you can find a way to perform and be competitive in that game against LSU. We're going to be joined by Adam Sparks here of the Tennessee in just a second. Before we get out of here, though, we all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. And with Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events that you want to go to, and you can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code to new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. 
Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app using promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Let's go to the phone lines. We're now joined by Adam Sparks of the Tennessean. Going to talk a little bit about Arkansas and Vanderbilt coming up this weekend. Adam, really appreciate you joining us. How you doing this morning, man? Hey, good to be on. How you doing? Oh, we're doing awesome. And uh, here in Razorback land, they desperately need an SEC victory. And I know Vanderbilt's in the same boat. But I want to stop. start with the current state of affairs with Vanderbilt. Arkansas, we all know they got new coach Chad Morris. They're still trying to put some things together, trying to overcome some things. What's it like right now among the Vanderbilt faithful with Derek Mason and the job he's done this year and their current state of the affairs? Are they happy? Do they care? What's what's overall going on over there in Nashville? Well, frustrated, I think, would be, would be a good word within the fan base. I, I probably, I would say, uh, among the players and coaches as well. Uh, you know, Kyle Shermer's the quarterback. This is his fourth year starting. One of the He's actually chasing Jay Cutler for the for the all-time uh, school career passing record. Uh, this is one of the better players they've had in school history, and they thought this year could have kind of set up to get to a bowl. You know, and that's that's usually kind of the ceiling for Vanderbilt: get the six wins in a bowl. You know, anything short of what James Franklin did a few years ago, that, that's the best you can hope for over the last few decades: get to a bowl game. They thought it was there; it's still statistically there. Uh, but you've got to beat Arkansas to do it. So I think a lot of the fans are looking at it saying this is this is kind of the last chance to make a little bit of a run uh, with Kyle Shermer's senior year coming to a close. Well, I'm looking at their schedule, and they played at Notre Dame earlier in the year, and it was such a close game, and I really thought that Vanderbilt uh, was going to overcome some things. But then they lose to South Carolina, lose to Georgia, no shame in that, lose to Florida, and lose to Kentucky. They've lost to some really good teams, so you can't really say uh, just that they've been an awful team. But it, it, what has been the problem? Has it just been offensively they have been able to get it going with Kyle Shermer? I mean, what's been overall the issues of why they haven't been able to win more games? Yeah, the Notre Dame game was a tease, um, and it you know now it's happened. What four other five losses have been to top fifteen teams, and that's you know that's just kind of what happens in this conference. Um, the defense has been up and downs. The new def- uh, a new defensive coordinator this year, Derek Mason, had been his own coordinator. He hired Jason Tarver this year. The defense has been up and down. The run game, which was supposed to be a strength of this team, has been inconsistent. There's been some. Uh, a couple, three, forced down top calls that Vandy has Vandy has botched. One of them against Kentucky last week, um, in uh, where, where they had a they had a fourth and one inside the fifteen. They get it. They could have they could have scored, taken the lead over Kentucky. It's just little little plays like that that have separated them uh, from wins. Uh, Shermer's been fine. He has, but he has he has one good receiver, one good tight end, Kalaja Lipscomb, Jared Pinkney. And they've had a hard time kind of finding other targets for him. It's not just one thing. It's it's just it's a cumulative effect. They've had some bad injuries, uh, but you know, at Vanderbilt, any given year, uh, you've got to be near perfect in a lot of games because you're usually outmanned to to win games. And you know, they're they're they've kind of circled this one, I think, as this is the one you got to get if you're going to have a chance at a bowl game. 
I've always been a Derek Mason fan. I always root for him. I think he's a really class act, and he's one of those guys that are, if it's like at Vanderbilt that you hope that they're able to be successful. But he's in his fifth year right now, and we always talk about hot seat rankings, and in the SEC, it's a brutal league. Is, is he on any sort of hot seats, or are they going to give him a few more years? I mean, what's it looking like for Derek Mason? Well, he, he would be had he not gotten a contract extension the summer of 2017. So, so before going into last season, he had just come off a bowl game. Uh, they they pushed his contract back to its original term. So he actually went into this season with four years left in his contract. He would have three going into next year. Uh, people are kind of fidgety about him. Uh, he's obviously only got to the one bowl game. as a bad SEC record. Uh, the standards are different at Vanderbilt. Um so he's extremely likable, as you mentioned, um, but but people want him to win. Uh, they're not they're not they're not you know you need to win or we're going to get rid of you. It's more uh, you need to win because we want to keep you because you like we like you for all other uh, other uh, attributes that Derek Mason has. But he's got to do something to get the the, the uh, schedule is tough next year. He's losing a senior quarterback, and more importantly, Bandy is looking for a new athletic director. So. Whoever takes that job will come in and kind of be an evaluation process for Derek Mason next season. Speaking with Adam Sparks of the Tennessean right now on the Morning Rush, talking a little Arkansas and Vanderbilt. Let's speak a little bit about the matchup against Arkansas. Obviously, these two teams don't play a lot. Uh, it just happens to come to uh, this point in time where both of them are looking for their first SEC win. What do you think about the matchup itself against Arkansas? Ty Story, he was out last game, but it looks like they've got him back. Rakeem Boyd, that's kind of been their bread and butter. They've had their issues. They're not a great team, but they're feeling a little bit of confidence. What do you just think about the matchup itself against Arkansas? Arkansas for Vanderbilt. Well, it seems like to me from from afar off that the the transition is is maybe taking a better turn. Maybe these last uh, two or three weeks, you know, coming into the year, looking at the the transition from that pro style offense to what Chad Morris wants to run and Joe Craddock. I, I know Joe Craddock well. I covered him when he was a quarterback at Middle Tennessee. Um, you know, you, you know they're going to get things turned around in the right way. Uh, there's just a lot of personnel that doesn't fit there. I think John Chavis has done a good job. Started to give a little bit of, the, of an identity to that defense. Uh, I think they're probably looking at it a little similar to Vanderbilt, that they feel like they've got some pieces that can win win games. They've just got to figure out uh, how to get to the finish line. Uh, I'm curious to see what Arkansas does at quarterback. I know Ty Story is back, and he's been their guy all season. You know, Derek Mason yesterday actually said he he expects to see Connor Nolan in there some if not starting. He thinks he'll see at least two, at least two of the quarterbacks. So Vandy is preparing for that. Uh, I'm sure Arkansas will maybe feel it out and see who has the hot hand. But uh, I think that's going to have a, a pretty big impact on the game of the quarterback play. It's definitely going to come down to that. Do you feel confident, though, that as far as these two teams go, are you leaning more towards Vanderbilt being able to take care of business, or is it going to be a tough one since it's on the road? I don't think you expect a great atmosphere there in Fayetteville at 11 a.m. kickoff, especially with the way the season's gone. But are you leaning towards Vanderbilt in this matchup? Well, I mean, it's it's if you if you look at the line of the game, I think Arkansas uh, started off about a two point favorite. Vandy's now about a one one and a half point favorite. It's it's obvious the odds makers don't know. Uh, what to make of it. I think it'll be a close game. Um, if it's low scoring, I like Vanderbilt's chances. If it's high scoring, I like Arkansas's chances. Uh, we, we make picks in the paper here. I think I picked Vandy by a field goal, mm-hmm. um, which I guess is kind of a funny pick because Vandy's actually had some, some issues either kicking field goals or deciding when to take them. So 
I guess I'm betting on, on Vandy figuring that out in Fayetteville. It's such a it's such a weird matchup because these teams have not played in a number of years. Uh, the two coaches have never faced off, so you don't really know what to expect. And I would expect just about anything to happen. Again, I, th- I think if this game gets up into thir- the 30s, um, I like Arkansas at home, building some momentum. If they come out and play well at that 11 a.m. kickoff, if Vandy grinds it out and they keep it low scoring, I like their chances. And probably a game similar to what they played at Kentucky, I just think they would uh, they would finish it off better. Let me ask you about the SEC East, because we know the SEC West here in Arkansas and how tough it can be, and especially with Alabama in the division and, and Auburn and LSU coming along. But the SEC East, to me, has been pretty surprising, not just because, of course, Georgia has only got one loss, and Florida with Dan Mullen in their first year, I think he's doing a good job. But Kentucky only having one loss seems pretty crazy. South Carolina sitting at 3-3. Three and three. Missouri yet to find their SEC victory. It seems like the SEC East is just kind of a, a crapshoot right now, and everything's really random and mixed up a little bit. What can you make? out of this division and what's actually going on over there? Well, I, th- I think it's, it, it is a crapshoot. I think it's a better crapshoot uh, than it was maybe about two or three years ago. Uh, you know, in the East, uh, a lot of people have said, and I'm one of them, that the, the East is never going to catch back up with the West until uh, the three traditional powers, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, are back to kind of a top 10, top 15 uh, status in the country. And you know, there's been a window now where teams like Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Missouri uh, could could make a little bit of a run, a little bit of a push because those those teams have been down. I think when Georgia finally kind of rose up last year, uh, got got the right head coach, uh, that kind of put the others in into action. Kentucky has kind of built this over the last few years. I'm not so sure it'll last beyond Benny Snell's senior year, but. Um, you know, Florida got the right coach and Dan Mullen. I think they're going to get back. Maybe Tennessee is the right coach. That's probably going to take a little more time. But I think the East is going to start to close the gap more uh, with the West. But there's no Nick Saban on the East side, so I don't think they're, they're going to catch up until he retires. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that are waiting for the day that he finally retires so they can finally have a chance, that is for sure. And real quick, before I let you get out of here, Adam, and really appreciate you joining us, I need to ask you about this Derek Mason-Dan Mullen deal because that was so fascinating to me because I would have never expected uh, somebody like Derek Mason to, to have this type of uh, verbal altercation. I know that's all fine now and, there, and it's not a big deal, but what can you tell us about that? What happened and what was the cause behind all of that? Well, I mean, uh, Dari Odangbo, who's uh, one of Fandy's defensive linemen, where he was down. Uh, Derek Mason says that a player from Florida started shouting at him. It's it's never a good setup when there's an injured player and there's some uh, jawing back and forth where one coach is right along the other sideline. If if that injury had occurred in the middle of the field, probably nothing would have happened. Todd Grantham, the defensive coordinator, got involved, and you can see that as clear as day on TV, yelling at the coaches. Um, and, and what kind of – I wouldn't say what sparked it, but what it kind of kept it going is uh, when it was obvious that coaches were going back and forth and Dan Mullen was held back, um, uh, Dio Odengbo, who is the younger brother of Dare Odengbo, the injured player, ran out on the field. The rest of the team followed him, and it just kind of snowballed from there. It just it wasn't a good situation, but the fact that, that coaches separated the players by a few yards and there was never any – contact of a fight uh, I, I thought was was pretty incredible because it looked like something was going to go down there yeah it certainly was interesting I, I tell you what i'm glad it didn't get into a physical altercation but if it did my money would probably be on Derek mason in that one he seems like a guy what? that could probably take care of himself 
Well, if you look at the video, his defensive line coach, C.J. Ayu, a former player at Nebraska, is who I'd put my money on. That, that yeah. I think he would have protected Derek if he needed to. <laughs> yeah, he had he had a nice uh, security guard there, too, in case anything got a yeah. little too hairy. So, yeah, that was fascinating stuff. Adam Sparks of the Tennessean. All, really appreciate you joining us, Adam. It's nice to be able to catch up a little bit about this game, this matchup uh, going on this week. I know Razorback fans are excited about it. I'm sure Vanderbilt is as well. Have a good, had good luck the rest of the way, man, and looking forward to catching up with you later down the road. Okay, good deal. Good to be on. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, also on Google Play. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on everything. So be sure to check it out. Share it to your friends. Let everybody know about it. And we're going to keep it going. We're going to keep having fun. The Razorbacks aren't good, but we're making this podcast as good as we possibly can. That is for sure. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great night, everybody. We will see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.